Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Between the two of us here on the show, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now, cousins... If you want to get involved with the conversation over the next two hours here, Twitter is the best way to do so. Sometimes, you know, we have phone lines. Sometimes we go to the phone. Sometimes we answer phone calls. You'll just have to stay on your toes for that one. But we're always taking your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions on Twitter at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. All right, Arthur Mutz, am I allowed to comment on the nice weather or have I jinxed it too many times? Am I still banned? Am I still banned? You can't help yourself. Just do it. Uh, it's gorgeous. You're one of those guys. It's gorgeous out there today, cousin. Yeah, well, because see, for me, I think it's always gorgeous, whether it's rainy or not. You know. Well, you, you, I, I, and I tell you this, I'm like, you never I, had a bad day. Yeah, in your I'm life, gonna say so. I love, I love it no matter rain, cold, hot, sleet. But I will say this, man, I am, I have recently developed some allergies, is what it sounds like, and I'm excited about this phase in my life. Don't be excited about this phase in your life. Listen, everyone who's had allergies is telling me, hey, you should not be excited about this. But day going, I've been living for 34 years. And I've never experienced it personally. Like, I've seen my sister deal with it. And we used to be like, yo, I remember growing up, she would be sneezing all the time. Yo, yo, Chris, you man, quit stop sneezing, bro. Like, go blow your nose, man. Go do something, man. Are you sick? No, I'm not sick. Like, well, why you keep sneezing? You sneeze when you're sick. That's why you, you sneeze because you're sick, period. You know, my dad, we go out to cut the grass. He got to put the little mask on. I'm like, bro, this is before COVID was even thought of. He was putting masks on like that to go cut the grass. Uh, like, dad, dad, are you going to do bro? open heart surgery on the lawn out I'm there? I'm like, dad, we ain't going to surgery, baby. What you need? What you doing? And then of the of these past couple of days, I think it was Friday. I came in here, I was sneezing. I'm like, bro, yeah, the sniffles a little bit. I was yeah. like, yo, I don't feel sick, but I keep sneezing. My nose is itching. And then I started to research, and I was like, oh, this is what an allergy is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can develop them at any time. Mm-hmm. So I was excited, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. And I keep rolling my windows down. I, I'm one of them dudes that's hard headed. I sit on my back porch every day. I enjoy the scenery. Can't help myself. But yes, definitely been sneezing. I'm in here right now. You saw, I came in like, yo, my nose is still itching. I don't know why. Arthur Motes comes in here asking me all these questions about allergies. Like, well, dude, trying to be inconspicuous too, right? What do you think? I, uh, you know, I've seen you with the sniffles in here before. Hey, 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 Wes, does your nose ever itch for no reason? Hey, Wes, do you ever all wake up and your eyes are like watery and like red? All the you time. You know, like, hey, hey, Wes, is there times where you just sneeze for no reason? All like, the time. <laughs> he's like, yo, are you good? I think I got an allergy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I, I appreciate your, oh, your optimistic look, you know, 34 years and you're dealing with this for the first time. Something new. It feels something, like the first time. Something to keep you on your toes. <laughs> 
But I'm going to tell you this right now. Spoiler <laughs> alert, you're going to be over this this stage of life real quick. Oh, man. It's like <sighs> me when my eyesight started to go bad at age 28. Oh, like, no. Oh, no. I was like, well, wait a second. Oh, no. I was like, I made it through. Like, all my buddies who had to get glasses and contacts, they did that like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a second. What's going on here? That so, is uh, funny, man. Yeah, I guess we all thought that once we made it out But you, you look know, good with the glasses, though, man. Like that's I've been told. Now, I've been told I look look like uh, Houston. We've got a problem. Or, or Clark Kent. You're like you know the a- radio Ab- Clark you know, Kent. Abby on the X. Yeah, she absolutely. Always, yeah. Every time she sees me in here with the glasses on, she says I look like I stepped off the set of Apollo 13. Oh yeah, I can see that. I could <laughs> definitely see, especially with the black frames. I could definitely see that, man. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. I, uh, you got to be pretty good looking to be stepping hey, off the hey, set hey. of a Hollywood movie. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Oh, Arthur Moat's dealing with the allergies. I'm dealing with the bad eyes. You're dealing with us. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. Which one's worse? Tweet us. Let us know that. What's worse, getting allergies in your 30s or having bad eyes in your 30s? Oh, That's a tough one. That is. That's a tough one. Yeah, because I guess you could put the glasses on. Contacts, glasses. And that would, like, Rectify like, it in a will, sense. And people will say, too, well, you could just take allergy medicine. I'm here to tell you, firsthand I, experience, dude, it doesn't always it does work not that work. well. <laughs> I, I was going to throw that. Man, listen, my wife, love my wife to death. She introduced me to, she was like, yo, I have allergies. I take Zyrtec all the time. I'm like, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's on one of these commercials. Cool, let me get one. I told her this one. I said, I couldn't tell the difference if I took the thing or if I did not take the thing. Then I'm looking at the thing, and it's like, oh, you can't take more than this in X amount of like, time. Well, hold on, wait so I'm a like, second. well, what are we doing here? What's the purpose of this thing? You got to get the nose spray, too. You know That's the key. You take a pill in the morning, and then you hit yourself with the nose spray in the afternoon. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I, I was it's like coffee. And then I wasn't a, you know, even frustrated with coffee. it, but, but my problem is this. The way my temperament is set up. If it doesn't work the first time, I'm just kind of like, Buddy, I'm, the same I'm way. cool on it. I'll just tough it out. I'm so the same way. today is my last day with this Zyrtec. If it if I don't feel any difference, I totally yeah, I'm just going to thug it out. I'll be all right. So, but it's been fun though, man. I mean, I'm enjoying this process. Next week he's going to be getting like one of those Navage <laughs> things, like those nasal cleaning systems. Bro, I'm it's telling be like, you, buddy, you got to see this thing I got going on. <laughs> Motsi, we're going to talk to our buddy Chris Carter about 24 minutes from now on the show. CC will join us in our second segment, as he usually does on Mondays. Uh, one of the things that I want to discuss with him is we are now in – is it is it fair to call this the second round of Steelers GM interviews? Is that Absolutely. A fair, is that a fair way to, well, to, to label it? So technically it's the third round. Well, actually, you're, yeah, you, because are, you are they correct. start with like just the on phone, and then it goes to in person, and then they have the follow up interview. So technically, it's the third round. You're right. But in terms of the way that we like to speak of it, we'll say the second round because second, second round of like in person coming back and this to is the like, facility. Yeah, this is the, le- the legit, saying. legit. This is where we're starting to like you know come to a head and narrow down our. Uh, our, 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 our selection. Those initial phone conversation for job interviews are always funny. They're, I think yeah. those, they're, they're, they're just trying to make yeah. sure you're a functioning adult. Can, can, do they speak well? Like, can do you they get know on their the name? phone or the Zoom yeah. screen and just have a conversation yeah. and not be a disheveled mess and be on time and right. answer the phone or answer awkward, the Zoom call? Like, yeah. And then it's like, okay, because you're, you're right. That first time they bring you in, that's, that's, the, the real that's when it really starts. Yeah, that's and definitely then, the real one. And then if you get called back, then you know, all right, you might be cooking with something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some of those guys that we found out that have been called back, uh, so there were 16 initial interviews, by the way, according to NFL.com. The Steelers initially interviewed 16 different candidates for the role. And again, that's according to NFL.com. Right. Uh, we have heard... A few days ago, that Lewis Riddick was was back for for a follow up interview. Now the news today is Doug Whaley is doing the same thing. I'm sure we'll hear more about these names. 
are you here's where here's what I want to know Motsi is should I be looking at this as standard operating procedure or should I be looking at this as oh wow the Steelers might really go outside of the organization for Kevin Colbert's replacement um I think it's a mix I think uh part of it is the Steelers doing their due diligence um going outside of the organization to make sure that these candidates are qualified and if they are a little bit more intriguing just find out a little bit more about them seeing what that looks like whether it is like you said the first initial interview i'm sure it's more of a you know overview of how you would handle it what type of moves you would make what direction you want to see the franchise going in and then i'm sure the second go around it's a lot more in-depth they specify Talk to me. Give me some uh, some scenarios of how you would execute this. Give me some scenarios of if this were to happen, how would you address this? Um, I just think that they're getting more and more intimate understanding of these candidates. Um, with Lewis Riddick, obviously he's not homegrown, so it's going to be a little bit more of a learning curve in terms of them understanding him. Doug Whaley was here, left, had his experiences, and then he came back in a sense right now. So there is a little bit of familiarity there, but they still want to know where his growth is because when he left the organization, that was his step up to becoming a GM where he was in Buffalo. Hmm. Now that he's coming back, he's trying to, you know, take that same position here, but he really hasn't had another GM spot since Buffalo. So you're just trying to figure out what that looks like. Whereas when you talk about the guys in-house, Brandon Hunt, Omar Khan, Mm -hmm. well, you know these guys. It's kind of like the Kenny Pickett versus Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter conversation. They didn't do a ton of visits with Kenny Pickett. They didn't do a ton of eyes on Kenny Pickett because they knew Kenny Pickett intimately. And they, they had a relationship with Mark Whipple, so they, who they used to be on staff. They spent a ton of time. Matt Kenny's Canada, who recruited yeah. him, they spent a ton of time already understanding him. So they said, what, well, we need to send and focus our efforts on Understanding Malik Willis, understanding Desmond Ritter, understanding Sam Howell, et cetera. And we could see that was why that attention was looking like that and why at times for us as outsiders, we thought that, hey, man, this means that they're really eyeing those guys. And in a sense, they truly were. Oh, absolutely. But it's just, okay, you knew this guy. That's why you didn't have to spend as much time. So when we're not hearing as much about Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, it's because they know these guys. Whereas with Lewis Riddick, Doug Whaley, and company, they're still trying to get more familiar with them because this is a huge move. Absolutely. This isn't one of those moves where you're talking about signing a free agent and you hope, okay, well, hey, worst case, we'll switch them out in two years, three years, we'll be all right. Like, nah, this could, you know, either make or break your franchise for the next five to ten years easily. And you're not just replacing a guy that was above average or mediocre or bad. You're replacing a Hall of Famer. A potential, a, 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 I think, probable gold jacket guy. Like, that's what you're replacing. That's the caliber of GM that Kevin Colbert is. So it's not an easy thing to just walk into. And I do think that the Steelers are just doing, they're, they're checking every box. They're checking every single box, whether it's internal, external. They're going to make sure that whoever they hire, they are 100% comfortable with. All and, on the same page, and yeah. And as a fan, I think that that's all you can want. You know, it's not like we can sit here and just say, hey, this is the surefire GM. He's the best candidate out there. We think that all of these guys bring something to the table good, but they all have something about them that's a little bit negative. Whether we're talking Doug Whaley in the lack of productivity as a GM when he was in Buffalo, whether we're talking about Lewis Riddick not having an opportunity to be a GM, whether we're talking Omar Khan mainly focusing on the numbers side, not being a a, player guy, where you talk about Brandon Hunt, more of a player's guy, not a numbers guy. All of these guys have something positive and something negative about them. It's just more so, you know, in terms of the Steelers, who they think can bridge that gap, who they think can not just be successful in their strengths, but can also improve upon their weaknesses. Sure. 
And that's the part that I think they're all trying to figure out right now in this process. It's a fun process for us. Because we get to just watch it, it. and, and we just understand this, I mean, it. We Absolutely, got it with the quarterbacks. Man. We got it with the GMs. Yeah, dude, it's, this is it, awesome. It is great. And we haven't had this. I mean, it's been the same quarterback for 18 years. It's been mm-hmm. Kevin Colbert for 22 years. It's been Mike Tomlin for 15. You know, yeah. you and I have talked a lot about how the kind of the pillars of the organization, from owner to GM to head coach to quarterback, I mean, you haven't had any change there, period, since 2007 when, when Mike Tomlin took over for Bill Cowher. Now you're replacing two of those uh, four pillars in the offseason. It certainly is intriguing. It's interesting. I can't wait to watch it all play out. Let me ask you this. could Because when you were explaining that there, kind of got me thinking about this. Could I make an argument? Could one make an argument? Again, going back to the, the two substantial positions of power in an organization, a quarterback and a general manager, could could you make an argument that the GM and how they and who they hire will have a bigger effect on the organization than if Kenny Pickett ends up being the dude? I would agree with that, yes, because, because you're talking personnel. You, you're talking who they bring in. I think so, too. Absolutely. No, because, well, yeah. look, the Arizona Cardinals, right? I mean, they drafted Josh Rosen, was it 10th? 10th overall, absolutely. And then they went and, okay, it didn't work out, and they found their guy next year. Right? I mean, they got Kyler Murray, Murray the next year. At one overall. If you miss out on your GM, you ain't just going to, oh, one year, okay, well, we're just going to go get the guy next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. <laughs> like I said, when, when you miss on a first-round draft pick, it's frowned upon, but it doesn't make or break your franchise. Like you said, <laughs> excuse me, through free agency, you can make uh, you can make additions. Through the draft the following year, you can make additions. Shoot, even if you wanted to go through the trade market, I love the L.A. Rams. There's a lot of ways to skin that cat. There are multiple ways to improve your roster Mm -hmm. regardless of who you sign. Whereas when it's the GM situation, the best GMs are employed or they're retired. (laughs) Or they're getting close to retired. It's that simple. So when a guy, you know, goes away and now you're like, okay, we go through this process of, of hires and we hire this GM and he's not the right fit. He doesn't work. That is how you have, in a sense, and I hate to always bring it up, but the Buffalo Bill situation where you go through three GMs in a span of 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's not that's That's, not that's not, that's not you know, the recipe not for good. success. I mean, you think about it. They went Buddy Nix, who was at the end of it, and obviously he was on his way out retiring. Then Doug Whaley came in. And, you know, it was a mixed bag. And then after that, they turned the keys over to Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then after Rex, they went and it's like, you know what? We actually need just a GM separate than GM and coach. And that's why they brought in Brandon Bean. So, excuse me, I said three in 10 years. That's four in 10 years, actually. It's probably less than 10 years when Jeez, I do the math on it because this all occurred while I was still playing. Have and I only you played ever for expected nine. to build continuity <laughs> and build an identity? And- well, and the problem that you run into is this, personnel. So Absolutely. One GM, wants to run 4-3, the other one wants, wants to run 3-4. Three, four. Four. <laughs> it is that simple. One wants to run big personnel on offense with two tight ends. I've one heard, wants to run spread offense with receivers. I've heard you talk about that struggle during your time in Buffalo. I've also heard our buddy Matt Williamson talk about that during his time in yeah, Cleveland. Absolutely. It's, we, it's we, real, we'd have, bro. We'd have, we'd have a head coach one month who would want to play a certain yes. way, and then the next month this guy would want to play a completely different way. Hey. And then you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And You, you start having 3-4 outside linebackers mm-hmm. trying to play off-ball Sam linebacker or Four three D N, and you're just looking like this doesn't <laughs> fit. We got Marcel Darius now. Marcel, heck of a player, and I see he's making a comeback with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Shout out to my yeah. man for that. But literally one year, Marcel is a zero technique nose guard like Tyson Aluwalu. Two years later, he's playing a four three is a three technique. Jeez. I'm like, bro, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs>
We're struggling is what you do when that's the case. Yeah, and that's how you get guys like me who become tweeners <laughs> in a sense. It's like you fit all these schemes, but it's just so hard to get comfortable. Yeah. And it does take your roster. It usually takes your team a year to two years to fully adapt personnel-wise to getting the right body types for those certain schemes and stuff like that. But when you're switching your GMs on a frequent basis like some of these organizations have had to do, it just is always hard to catch up. Absolutely. It puts you, you in a tough, you don't want to do tough that situation, with your head man. coach. You don't want to do that with your GM for sure. Uh, we got some tweets on this, Arthur Motes. My buddy like Steeler Nation tweets. 920, resident Wisconsin Steeler Nation, uh, says, you know, what's the know? All right, come on, come on fellas. Of, of all the guys that have been interviewed, who would you hire? I think I've been – I'm, I'm firmly on uh, B-Hunt Hive, all right? I tweeted that out a while ago. Mm-hmm. I've said it on the show a few times. And, yes, you can call me biased, all right? You can call me subjective. You know, I mean, you know, me, me and B-Hunt are boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, by boys, I mean he's always nice to me when I see him, <laughs> and he does an interview with us like once a year. To me, I mean, all right, we're boys. <sighs> uh, B-Hunt's always kind of been my guy. But I, I – I'm not sitting here – with a uh, like a definitive opinion of, oh, the Steelers have to hire this person, and if they don't, it'll be a massive mistake. I I think this is one of those things that it's, unless you're on the inside, unless you're part of these conversations, some of the, uh, the nuance and what they're really trying to differentiate from these candidates and who's, like you were pointing out, mm-hmm. who's strong in this area but needs some help in that area, who struggles here but is good here, and how does that mesh with our organization and what we already have in place. Like, those are a lot of some of the conversations. It's, it's you know, like evaluating who you would like as GM isn't the same as saying, oh, I like this quarterback right. more than that quarterback because we can all sit there and watch their tape, and it's a little bit different. But I'm, you know, I'm hoping for Brandon Hunt personally. Yeah, for me, man, let's say there are Brandon Hunt, Lewis Riddick, Brandon B. Hunt, just because I know him personally. You said four years in the organization. You got a better like, relationship I, with him I, than I know him, know him, yeah. So it's like, obviously, I will say I am biased, very much biased. Like, no ifs, ands, buts about it. Nothing that makes him more qualified than Lewis Riddick is just, like I said, I personally know him, whereas I don't personally know Lewis. I'm just a fan of his football understanding, um, the way that he carries himself. I love the fact that he's a former player also because I do think that there are some nuances, some – special information that you hmm. get as <clears throat> excuse me as a player that regardless of being around the game if you haven't actually had to be on that field be in that locker room experience some of the highs and the lows of being a professional athlete you just won't understand so for me that's the other reason why I really really am intrigued about the Lewis Riddick uh, element of this but for me those would be my top two B Hunt like I said he's my number one because of my personal relationship with him mm-hmm. but number two is definitely Lewis Riddick because I do feel like he is very very qualified for it I think he's extremely polished and I think that it's just his time man he, he's been waiting for a long time in a sense man and I, I ain't gonna lie I'm ready for him to get the opportunity that's because you love the Eagles and you know his, his last job was with the Eagles Oh, that's fair. Well, actually, technically, Philly. his last job was Philly. in the NFL Philly with uh, Monday Night Football. Technically, that's his last job. Well, it, I, I, is, yeah. is, is, I, is that I, in I, the I, NFL? Yeah. Technically, it is. It's not with an organization. I, in the I'm NFL. just saying. You know what I mean? If, if we're going to be technical about it. Oh, if you want to be Mr. If, we, if we're going to be Mr. technical. Well, actually, Mo's you know pushed up his glasses that he doesn't ha, ha, have, and he said, ha, ha, well, actually, well, it's the well, third round of well, GM interviews, Wes. You got it wrong in your tweet. But but I like how you couldn't keep your mind off the Philadelphia Eagles. And you was going to find a way somehow, somewhere to bring him up today. I wouldn't well, expect anything less from we you. We were going to have to talk to him at some point because I want to talk schedule release week with you. Uh-huh. And the Stellars will be making a trip at their 
Oh, to, see, to of, of course you would know that. I didn't even know that. I was on my Devin Bush. Who they play this week? Oh, so so you don't know the Steelers' schedule? Now, who they play this week? Oh, you talk about who's rooting for the Steelers who, who and who's they not play rooting this for the Steelers. Oh, who's a real fan and who's not a real fan? You, you, you know, know the schedule? I, I know one game for two teams in the NFL right now. You ready? Tell me. I me. know the Bills play the Steelers, uh-huh. and I know the Steelers going to play the Bills. They- that's you, all you, might, you might as well pencil that one in every year I'm about now. To say, that's all I have. It's insane. Like, thanks, yeah. NFL. Yeah. I'm not Don't give lie. us the Miami Dolphins yeah. or the Jets. Nah. I, ha- I have not we'll looked at the Bills the every single year. I'm going to say, if you're not asking about which division opponents oh. they're playing this year, top of my, like, right now, legitimately, like, if I don't look at the screen, I could mm-hmm. not tell you who they're playing outside of that. I just know Buffalo and I know the division teams. But that carries over from, like, football, like when I was playing. Sure, sure, Because sure. as an athlete, we never got caught up in they that. Are. It would drive me nuts when my wife, man, we, the schedule would come out. Everybody's excited. Everybody's making plans. They're like, oh, well, we're playing know, one this game and that game. And I'm just like, She's got Bruh. the kids. She's got to make the schedule. Well, no, because she's like me no, when, the, when the dead it, summer it, it tour comes sense. out. It definitely makes sense. <laughs> but it was just the here. disconnect in the sense of, oh, yeah, you're you know, singularly focused. Right. So for me, I'm like, how are we planning for December when I got to make the roster? I gotta make it to I camp get, uh, first. I, I gotta I, make I totally it out of camp first. So for me, I just it was kind of like don't put the cart before the horse, and that was always my understanding. No, but for that's her, a, that's a good it, mentality to have. Right, it but is. for her, she needs to play the head. Because she was she, like me yeah. when the dead summer tour well, comes you know, out. She's got, oh, like, we're gonna go see him here. Yeah, she, she's over here, here like we're gonna go this weekend. The kids don't have school this weekend. Two shows here back to back in Chicago. I'm like, bro, how we even worried about October? What if I'm not even here? What if I get cut? Not that I'm worried about getting cut, but it's still you got to cancel it's all these hotels. It's still, hotel a, it's still a reality, you know. It's still a reality. Like even when you sign your deal, it's still a reality of it. Like absolutely, they can you go from know. okay, well we like you, but we don't want to pay you that much, or you know we just gotta hey we gotta save some money here, we gotta get this deal done with this guy. Like all of that, or you're happens. injured, yeah. And, and you ain't playing, or absolutely, you know, yeah. man. I mean, it's it's you're right. That's a good mentality yeah. to have. That makes a so lot of so sense. for me. I was it was always like, yo, why are we talking about the schedule? Can we talk about the schedule in September when I make the roster? Then we can talk about the schedule. And then we'll yeah. talk about November in October. Absolutely. We'll talk about December in November. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was the rule, too. Because in the NFL season, so once you're vested, right, that's when you get your four years in the mm-hmm, league, mm-hmm. you got to make it to week you got, one. You week, got tenure. You get to week one, your check is guaranteed for the season. Okay. So okay. after year four, every eight, just get to week one, and we can make every plan you want because the contract is fully guaranteed. That's how it's set up. Iron clad. But before those first four years, it wasn't even wait to week one. It was once week four happens. Okay, then we can that, start talking about week five. Because that is when you get the <laughs> credit of season. week four, yep. yeah. week four. So if you didn't have four years in the league, you had to get to week four. And after Fair, that, it's I like, all right. got tenure, babe. <laughs> right, then it's like, okay, we make all the plans you want. But until we get to week four, I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> You're only going to home games, all right? Only going to home games. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Britsburg Owen tweets us. Pulling back the curtain a little bit, you know. I, I love it. I used to be it's very great. confident, man. I, I, I was a very confident guy. Nobody would ever know that these were my internal feelings. But that was before I went and, you know, you I did some soul searching, you, you know. You had to go out west and yeah, um, namaste. Namaste. Now I can walk in my truth. Now it's okay exactly. to be fearful. At times I was very fearful that the Grim Reaper was going to be coming. And he might have looked like B. Hunt at that times. you were going to have to get a real job. You know, like, like every once in a while I saw Brandon Hunt walking. I'm like, Brandon, hey, hey man. I will uppercut you like Ryu and Street Fighter. All right? <laughs> I look at my equipment guys, Pat, Adam, well, Raj. Little did you know B. Hunt's Blanca y'all. out there. Blanco I'm telling, out there. I'm, like, gonna... I'm like, listen, if you if you bring that trash bag over here with that day going name tag, oh, man. It's going to look like I'm M. Bison when I, when, when I put these paws. I'm going to look like M. Bison when I put these paws on you. Man, you better leave me alone now. Uh, Not today, Satan. Not today. Britsburg Owen. 
you know what? That's it's it's. Britsburg Owen deserved, yeah, yeah. Mister from across the pond. I was about to say, can I get a look? There it is. There's only there one is. Britsburg Owen. Hey, one Britsburg Owen. Hey, walking along, singing his song, <laughs> tweeting into the Steelers Blitz. I can't stand the fact that ever since you told me that that's what they do across the pond, I feel like I catch on to that now. Like you, they take regular songs. And they make them into like chants yep. for their team. Yep. I, anytime I watch any of the like football games now, you, soccer, can, you can start to pick up on them in the background. You're like, oh wait, that, I know that's fact. a '90s pop song right there. For a fact, yep. and it's all because you. Whenever you brought it up to my attention, it was like a couple months ago. You was like, yo, man, you know when they when they sing, you know, it's a lot. It's like it's probably like a year ago. It's like, yo, man, they, they take our like regular like catchy mm-hmm. jingles and hot songs. They just mm-hmm. make them into their fight songs. One it's of, crazy, bro. One of the re- now, I'm a Manchester United fan because of Wayne Rooney. I've yeah. always said this. When I got into soccer, really, when I was 14, 15, mm-hmm. Wayne Rooney was my guy, and so I was just like, all right, who's he playing for? That's my team. But when I found out that Manchester United fans do their own version of Country Roads too, mm-hmm. that obviously helped the you know that helped the cause. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they do. They do them hooligan songs. All right, here's a good one for you. You know the, when I die and they lay me to rest, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the place. That's the so Manchester United used to have this great player named Georgie Best. Okay. And he was known as a bit of a party boy, all right? <laughs> Had a bit of a drinking problem. Was like the best player in the world for a stretch. <laughs> Won every trophy imaginable. You know, ended up blacked out at a lot of bars. Hey, that, that's, that's a recipe for success. They call that, like, when you go out and have yourself a good time, have too mm. much to drink, as Americans might say, you get hammered, right? Yeah. Hammered, benders. One of the, one of the things in England yeah. that they call that is going on the piss. All right? <laughs> going on the piss. So Manchester United fans <laughs> sing a song. And, uh, and they lay me to rest. Uh-huh. I'm going to go on the piss with Georgie Best. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get some hooligan songs for the Steelers. Now we need to, man. Other you know than, how much of a legend you gotta be for them to know that you get hammered drunk, <laughs> or just again you got hammered drunk in a lot of the wrong places. Like, bruh, and everyone saw what was bruh. going on. <laughs> We're gonna get to more of your tweets uh, at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two is where you get at us. We'll talk more about schedule release week. The schedule's coming out this week. Nothing crazy, but I got a couple funny would you rather's that I'll run by Mozi. We'll do all that uh, in our final segment of the show. But around the corner here, it's our buddy Chris Carter. CC is gonna join us. He'll give his uh, his opinion. He'll weigh in on this general manager hire search. He also CC uh, found some interesting research. Of some comparisons between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, what they both do well, and how that could add a wrinkle, add a layer to the Steelers' offense this season, regardless of who the quarterback ends up being. We'll talk about all that on the other side with Mr. Cotta. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.